You are listening to Committed, an ongoing conversation about marriage, intimacy, relationships, and sex. So we're going to talk about selfishness. Selfishness. Okay. I don't know why it came up in my brain the other day, but I said, let's put it on the calendar. Okay. So selfishness in a relationship or in general? Okay. I think in a relationship. Okay. As our relationship is, uh, relationship, our podcast is committed about relationships, intimacy, sex, marriage. There you go. Yeah. Not entirely in that order. Right. It was in a different <laughs> order when we recorded that. <laughs> but yeah, so selfishness, oh. why did it come up? So it's like the concept of selfishness. I think we attribute the word selfishness to a sense of like negativity. Like it's bad to be selfish. It's it's good to be selfless, I think is what the previous notion of the word was or the definition. And we now know that that's not the case. And that is very important to be selfish and to be selfless is to lack a self and that's not healthy. And so I think we know that now. And I think a long time ago ish, you sent me an article about people that are choosing to be single. Right. Mm -hmm. And so choosing to be more selfish, I would categorize that to say, I'm thinking of me. And I mean, I think when we get into a relationship, actually to go back on that a little bit, it's about ourselves. Like we don't get into a relationship because we say, Hey, this person probably needs a partner. I want to be that partner for them so that I can make them happy. I don't think that that's why we get into a relationship at all. I believe fully that we get into a relationship to meet our own needs. Like I'm entering into this relationship because I want to have my needs met and you are a potential person that can meet those needs. And then in response, I'm going to meet your needs as well as sort of a negotiation of this partnership that we have is the way that I look at relationship. And so then once you get into relationship with someone, you then sort of start to become enmeshed with each other in certain ways. And so managing what that looks like is really important. And I work with people on codependency all the time. And codependency and narcissism are sort of one in the same because you're, you're achieving the same result a different way. A lot of times people think of codependency as I'm going to care for other people because I care so much about other people that I'm going to do what I need to do for them. And the behavior is actually trying to get them on the same page to do the right thing, to do the thing that's best for them, to do the thing that's best for their family. But in reality, you're controlling that person to fit in with your narrative. And that's exactly what narcissism is as well. It's I'm thinking of myself. I'm, you know, trying to control you in certain ways. It's just that narcissism is seen as more malicious. Um, I'm manipulating you. 
I have, you know, not so great intentions. I'm self-serving. Whereas codependency comes off as I'm, I'm selfless and I am always thinking of other people and I'm always doing what's best for other people. But the reality is at the root of that, it's self-serving. Like, why am I giving up all of myself? Because I can't live with you not succeeding in this area. I can't live with it if I'm codependent, right? I need you, like, if we go back to Melody Beattie, um, Codependent No More, one of my favorite books. The traditional alcoholic and the alcoholic's spouse. The alcoholic's spouse is codependent. And then you have the the alcoholic themselves. And the spouse is trying to get the alcoholic to quit drinking, go to AA, get a hold of themselves. And they're saying it's for everyone in this family. Like you are ruining everyone's lives. You are, you're begging, you're pleading, you're threatening them. But what you're actually doing is you're not you're not truly taking care of yourself because you're fearful of giving up control of the alcoholic and letting them be themselves. You're trying to fit them into your narrative of what that would look like. And it's self-serving. Like I will be a happy spouse if you stop drinking, but a lot of times it will be framed as you need to stop because it's unhealthy for you or you're killing all of us in the family. What, Whereas the the healthy behavior would actually say, here are my boundaries with this. And if you, if you can't um, respect my boundaries and understand why I would have those boundaries, then I need to exit the relationship in order to protect myself. Mm-hmm. Or I need you to exit the household and not live here right now while you're like this because I won't allow that. So it's like this lack of boundaries that the codependent person has and it comes off as this or we think of it in like people who are codependent think of themselves as like I'm too selfless I'm always thinking of everyone else but the reality is you're thinking of everyone else and which is a self-serving thing does that make sense I think it makes sense um you know I I I think of uh people who are too nice uh, you know, the classic nice guy. And there's like a, there's an entire book written about this called No More Mr. Nice Guy. But it kind of reminds me of the selfless person because the nice guy, you could be a kind man and you could also be a nice guy. And they're kind of two separate things. The nice guy is actually uh, overtly friendly, bending over backwards to help others, especially um you know, potential mates, women uh, generally, um, lacks boundaries, will do anything possible to make the other person happy. But the nice guy is actually very uh, deceptive. He's hiding his true intentions. He's like, he's not being true to himself. He's not being true to the person that he's with. Um, and so as a result, the nice guy generally doesn't get what he wants what he wants in any re- relationship. His partners typically uh, are, are dissatisfied in the relationship. Um, often there's a lack of attraction as a result of this. But my point in mentioning all of this is that 
this sounds similar in that sense that a nice person doesn't have boundaries, doesn't express what he or she wants, and is basically playing the the role of a saint. If it were like a modern religion, like the saint, like M- Mother Teresa, like the selfless, bad example, but the selfless martyr who who gives him or him herself to whatever cause, um, because that's the the right thing to do, the saintly thing to do. But in actuality, but it's a facade. It, exactly, it's, it's a facade. all a facade. So, yeah, the nice guy. Because the thing is that I've been with a nice guy before. And the nice guy is people pleaser, nice guy. Mm-hmm. But the reality is that it's it's self-serving. So yes. if I behave this way, if I give this person exactly what they want, if I sacrifice myself in these ways, it's not, it's sacrificing myself. It's not coming from this sense of I want to give because it's the right thing to do. I want to give because I genuinely experience happiness when I see that my partner is happy. It's I'm doing this so I can get something in return. If I just give you this, it's to, you know, shut you up so that I can get what I need out of that experience. And I, as the receiver, uh, being on the receiving end of that at one point, it was frustrating. It was unattractive. It was, do you even have a self? Like, who are you? Like, you're just all about me. You're all about what I need, what I want. You're doing these things. It's not authentic, unfortunately. It's, It's very selfish. And so that's where I think we have to have this balance in our relationships of I'm going to do things that nourish me so that when I give to you, I can give to you out of the kindness of my heart, out of my overflowing love and overflowing cup that I have because I have fed myself what I need in order to be able to be there for you. And so for codependent people, you just completely just, you're depleted. You're like giving, giving, giving. You don't have any more energy and you're still giving. You don't have nothing else to give, but you're still giving. And then you're sick and tired of it and you become angry and you become raging or you shut down. You completely shut down and disengage or disassociate because there's nothing else that you have. So there's this delicate balance of, I'm going to nourish myself and then I'm also going to think of my partner, but making sure that you are attuning to yourself, because we talk about attuning to other people a lot, but attuning to yourself and noticing what's going on for me. Like there's something I need to do for me. And I know like my husband always says that when we talk about supporting each other, he always says, you're always very supportive of anything that I need to do for myself, whether that's go to therapy, go to my personal training, go, you know, he's talking about to me today about going to get, pick up a bow and arrow that he was um, having some work done on, I think. And I feel in my body very supportive of those things because if he's not nourishing himself and doing the things that make him happy and that make him feel centered and complete, which that's his responsibility, right? Not mine to manage that. But if he's not doing those things and he's not going to be able to show up for me because he's going to be in a place of feeling resentment. So I, I wanted to talk about this today because I think it's really important to understand the balance. And so when you're like in excess of 
selfishness. Maybe you are falling into narcissism or codependency. But then when you're letting go and disengaging, you have a lack of relationship with someone else. Like, I don't care at all. Like, what's the point in even being in this? Because we're just two separate people living separate lives and we just have no place to come together because you're just do whatever you want. But that's really hard for people to come in the middle and say, like, I care about you and I'm invested in this and I want to contribute to your life in a positive way and and care for you. And at the same time, I'm going to care for myself and be there for me so that I can be in this with you. And that's always such a hard balance to have. And I work with lots of people on people pleasing and codependency. What's the secret? How do you do the balance? I think attuning to yourself. And the thing is that I don't think that there is a secret. The, Codependency comes from habits and behaviors and trauma that's been ingrained into you, like habits and behaviors that have been ingrained into you. If you had a mom, for example, that was extremely overbearing and over-involved and in your face and controlling of everything and controlling because she loves you and I'm just do I just care about you and that's why I call you ten times a day and you know. And then for some people, it's like, I've had trauma and so I don't trust and so I'm checking up and so I'm managing and I'm controlling. So I see it for lots of different reasons and I think that there was really no secret because you have to work through the things that have happened in the past. So maybe that's the secret. Like understanding yourself, which still goes back to attuning to yourself and saying, what's going on for me right now? What is my fear of doing something for myself, say in the people pleaser case, why can't I care for myself right now? Is it because I'm worried that I'm going to lose grip on this person? If I don't care for them so hard, are they going to potentially leave me because they don't feel like I'm caring for them enough? Or is it I'm worried that they're going to die if I don't manage their eating habits? And or I'm going to have to take care of them long term when they are plagued with some kind of disease. That's something personally that I struggle with. Like if you go down this path and do this and this is what's going to happen and then I'm going to be stuck with it and that directly affects me. That's where my codependency comes up a lot. And I share that with a lot of my clients because it helps me connect with them and resonate with them. So I do think understanding where it comes from and then working on forming new habits and behaviors of self-care and having a go-to. Like I, a lot of times will say to my clients, every time you go into like caretaking mode where you want to control or manage something and you're noticing that about yourself, do one thing for yourself. So that could be something like that, you have to pay for like going to get a massage or going out to dinner with a friend or going to take yourself out for a cup of coffee, like physically removing yourself sometimes from the household. It could also be as simple as pulling out your journal and sitting on your porch or sitting in your car and doing some breathing or meditating for five minutes or going for a walk or going for a run, doing some heavy exercise that can change the way that we're feeling in any particular moment to like refocus on ourselves, not change actually, because I don't like that process. 
the way that we're feeling and then like move on to something else. Redirect is probably a good word. Mm. Redirect ourselves to something else whenever we're thinking of caretaking other people in a way that is inauthentic to ourselves. Yes. You need to catch yourself. So it's self-awareness. That's an important component here. Yeah. If people were, if people were self-aware, I mean, I think that a lot of people can be self-aware, but also I think that when you get triggered, you'd have a lack of self-awareness and you start doing things that you wouldn't normally do that just yes. seem odd, like yes. freaking out, like violently crying. Like on a, on a regular basis, if someone says like, I don't want to go to the fair with you, you're not violently crying, but here you are. So like, there's a lack of self-awareness of like being able to say, oh, that doesn't mean that they don't like me or that they don't want to be in a relationship or that they don't even want to hang out with me. Maybe they just don't want to go to the fair. It's like, to me, that was so impactful that it sent me down a spiral. So knowing how to bring yourself back and also having a good support system around you to say something was happening for you there. Let's come Mm -hmm. back to where we're at right now and create, recreate safety for you so that you can come back to center. All right. So how do we summarize this? Um, When you get onto an airplane, they don't say it anymore, but they used to say in the event that the little oxygen mask come down, put on your mask first before you help someone next to you. And so uh, being selfish, I think the word selfish typically, like you said earlier, has a bad sort of like an overall negative connotation. I don't know if it has a negative denotation, but I personally think being selfish is a good thing because you won't care for yourself. You won't be able to set up boundaries. You won't be able to set up boundaries with yourself unless you really can attune to yourself and figure out what it is you want. And then only then when you can start to understand that, can you set up boundaries with others? Only then can you figure out how to take care of yourself, know what your, your needs are, um, know what your desires are, be able to express what you want to yourself first and foremost, and then to someone else. And then, yes, then you can, give as much love as you can possibly give and help someone else out. But you really need to be able to take care of yourself first. So yeah, I think selfishness is, is, can be good, is good. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. It has a negative connotation, but it's a negative connotation, right? It's like greed for lack of a better word is good. I think selfishness is good despite the negative connotation. Um, and without selfishness, uh, I don't think anyone can really. I mean, selfishness is what allows humans to survive on the planet by providing their food and shelter and the basic needs of, of living. You've got to be selfish to take care of yourself. And that includes in relationships. And so mm-hmm. I guess there's that balancing between being super self-centered, super selfish and not caring what anyone else thinks versus taking care of yourself to understand what your needs are where where be self-aware enough of where you are in your life and what you want um and know how to nurture yourself and then being able to support other people so there's got to be there's got to be a balance there's always a balancing act in a relationship there's an ongoing theme here where you've got to be able to balance taking care of yourself before taking care of others Mm -hmm. Absolutely. That's, 
that that is the key that balance and that's really really hard to achieve based on lots of our conditioning and I think we're trying to figure out the old paradigm versus the new paradigm because I think the old paradigm is giving yourself up to someone else and the new paradigm is take care of yourself and those are very polar very much polar opposites. I think that that's the messaging that I'm at least seeing today. And so people are struggling with what's the balance between being in relationship and caring for yourself and also the different ways of life. And we'll have to kind of continue this conversation because I think people are still trying to live in the old paradigm, but act in the new paradigm. And it's like, how do you, you like, there has to be a middle ground there. That's a whole nother conversation. And the definition can be confusing, I think, for people too. Because if you, when you break it down, people are like, oh, well, yeah, that's what I meant. But, but when you just say the word, it has this, it has the negative connotation, like you were saying, like, oh, that's so bad. Don't, don't be selfish. Don't be such a selfish person. You're such a selfish oh. person, right? Oh, it makes me feel bad. Whereas self care, self love, right. it's the exact same thing. Right. <laughs> Different word. It's yeah. just a, Funny how humans are. Anyway. Yeah. All right. Well, another good episode. And I look forward to talking more soon. Me too. It's good seeing you. All right. You too. See ya.